Welcome to Business Influencers with Tell Radio. My, I'm your host, Chris Salem. Hope everyone's having a great week. We are so excited about Business Influencers, and we are so excited to be here to serve you once again with another great guest, talking about their words of wisdom to help serve your business and your personal success to the next level. Uh, our Business Influencers is sponsored by Alumni Direct. They're a new social media community platform dedicated to strengthening uh, the alumni network, bringing people together from all walks of life and helping you to reconnect and meet new people that you've never met before, perhaps landing your next job opportunity or business opportunity. This is an affinity part of membership program. Feel free to check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. We have a great show with you planned for today. We're going to be talking about humility plus vulnerability equals leadership. And I just love this title. As everyone knows about myself, I'm involved in a lot of aspects of leadership. And I always love when we bring in experts that give their view and perspective on what leadership is and where it's going in the business world. And we're here with uh, Casey Jaycox, who's going to be sharing about humility plus vulnerability equals leadership. Casey is a former sales executive and top performer. He is now an author of the book, Win the Relationship, Not the Deal, and also the host of the weekly podcast, The Quarterback Dadcast. And I love it because I've been on his show. He is now a sales and leadership coach working with many industries, including staffing, consulting, real estate, and wealth management. And without further ado, we welcome Casey to the show. Casey, how are you doing today? Chris, I'm doing good. That was an awful kind introduction, but it's it's nice to be with you today. It's great to have you. And this has been a long time in the making. You and I, we know we, we were going to originally do a show in August, and here you are. I love this title. I mean, when you look at you know things about humility and vulnerability equals leadership, you and I are both dads. We're, we're males. And I don't know about you, but vulnerability, I was taught by my father that vulnerability was a weakness and how untrue that was and how <laughs> I had to learn the hard way that vulnerability was in fact a strength. When we look at leadership, let's talk about how that concept of humility and vulnerability together equals more effective leadership. Yeah, that's a great point. And you're, and you're, and you're so right. And I'm not to pick on your pops, so I think a lot of dads from that generation or men from that generation <laughs> were taught that, you know, hide the emotions. We can just, we're, we're perfect. We're these, you know, we have this big armor on, which is so false and so flawed because we're all flawed humans. We all have gaps. Um, and I think, you know, when you think about humility and vulnerability in leadership, that those two qualities really create influence. And in, if I have to tell people what to do, if I'm, if I'm telling people go do this or go do that for me, that's that they're not doing it inspired. It's my idea. But if I ask great questions, use my curiosity, help them, you know, meet them where they are to help them realize what a great outcome looks like, then they're much more wanting to do those things for themselves. I think when we as leaders can remove fear from any organizations, mm. I think about it as like in a sales organization, you know, I've sold for over 20 something years. I've, you know, I was very lucky to have some really, really great years, but like there's times where just like you're building something new or you're, 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 you're trying to go do something, it, that fear sets in because our, our mindset tells us that self-talk, that voice, and what are we going to do? And so I think as leaders, when we can remove that and let our teams know that, hey, I know what it feels like to be there. I've done that or through storytelling um, or realizing that it's okay to make mistakes. Let's, let's help. Let's mess up in front of each other. Let's, let's, let's maybe do some role play or some practice with, on whatever this scenario might be. And, and let them know that there's no such thing as perfect, but not wanting to go do something is, I think, the bad leaders when the leader wants oh, to make yeah. it all about them. Cover, yeah, covering your well, CYA or cover your you know what right. is oftentimes playing it safe. 
And I love the fact that you said that there, you know, nothing is perfect. It, it's progress in motion. And if we do not make mistakes, how do we grow, right? If we play it safe, we don't grow. If we don't come out of our comfort zone, we don't grow. Making mistakes, not that we repeat those mistakes, but that we can make them and learn to grow, that we can get through those challenging times as something happening for us, not to us, trusting that process. I love the fact that like, when you look at vulnerability and humility, can we hone in a little bit more on that from your perspective, what you've seen? Let's just use you know, even a, 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 like an example of a sales organization, somebody you've worked with, and how they're looking to raise the bar with leadership, where that vulnerability now comes in. Because if, if somebody can be vulnerable, would it be safe to say they can be, they feel like they can trust now that they can be open to, and they're more likely to not play it safe? That they're willing to put themselves on a limb to grow. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I, I I'll, I'll say that, and I mean, I'll answer that in like a form of a question. So, like when I hear leaders say, specifically sales leaders, oh, I, yeah, we got great, we got a great environment, super vulnerable. Yeah, we we can openly talk about everything. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Good for you. I said, tell me the last time you talked about your failure as a seller in front of your entire team, and I usually get a blank stare. And I said, listen, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I listen. I, I was a number one rep for 10 straight years at a company. I got more joy out of going up to an executive admin saying, hey, I don't really know how this email is written. Or I don't like the tone of it. Can you take a look at it and just let me know your thoughts? I wasn't doing it for a show, but I was doing it for one, create better teamwork internally that, to make he or she at front, the front desk realize that it doesn't matter how perceived successful we are. If we all can be coachable, we all can check our ego to be able to figure out ways to get better through something as small as like having someone look at my emails watch what that does to like culture watch what it does that like hey that that person he, he or she needs help too so i think as if there's sales leaders out there that you you have not talked about your own challenges or 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 let this let the your sales teams know what you used to do or what were some of your gaps or some of your most embarrassing moments because your teams are going through that same thing and and you can look you can make them feel like you're this perfect person up on a pedestal with a microphone screaming at them yelling at them that we're one deal behind quarter we got to do this we got to that which just creates more anxiety stress and frustration or we can lead with curiosity to remove fear from the organization to let them go out and want to more build more meaningful relationships that will stay on the ups and downs of a business climate wow i love that you know and it's so true i mean when you can and when you can make yourself vulnerable and make people feel like there's a connection, that there's that trust. Talk about like how people can, you know, how does that improve, you know, the, the communication process? Because I always find that that's also very important when it comes to effective leadership. If you don't have communication, then, you know, that leadership is, you know, very hard to sustain unless you're being that example and people can understand it and they can communicate in, in a more specific, clear and concise way. Yeah, I think I think when you get communication um, that that's that's two way. Uh, again, it takes curiosity. I got I got taught this framework, Chris, called the TED TED based framework, which is tell me, explain, describe. Which I think if I ask those types of open ended questions, make it less about me, more about someone else. I'm gonna I'm gonna create a lot of interesting things. And it's not just one question, but it's it's asking the second or third level to get them really talking about them, really. Because if I'm there to tell them how great I am. Uh, it's not going to be a good a good of a conversation. I don't mean to go Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite on you here, but my college football coach <laughs> said, uh, he said, this is 20 something, 25, 26 years ago. He said, Casey, if you ever have to tell people how good you are, you're not that good. When they're great, when you're great, they will tell you. Stuck with me. You know, I'm mid 40s now. I still remember that. And so leaders will like, again, surprise your team, be uncommon, learn about some, learn about them. 
find a question to ask them that's going to surprise them, right? I think it's easy to, I love that word uncommon. You know, Tony Dungy wrote a book about it. Um, but for me, un- uncommon behavior is what creates those, I call those Maya Angelou moments, which is, yeah. she's, I, don't, I summarize here, it's my favorite quotes, which says, you know, it's not what I said, why I said it, but how I made you feel when I leave the room. And I think when we as leaders can, through great communication, the types of questions we ask, how sincere we, do we truly care about where they want to go? Um, watch what happens, man. Watch your, watch your churn. Your, your, um, people won't leave as much. People will want to stay later. Uh, people are going to be probably making more money. Your job becomes easier because you're delegating. You're, you're yeah. helping create opportunities for them. So, well, you just described, uh, you know, right there, you're creating more interdependency rather than codependency. You know, it's about, you know, each, everybody understanding their role and duties and, you know, and not only your own, but other people and, and being that example for others to do for themselves. And then when they come together, you know, you're doing it in a bigger, better way. I think there, uh, there's a lot of uh, things. What are some things that you would recommend, you know, an organization that's listening to this show right now, or a leader that might run a sales team or run whatever capacity they run, a business unit or an organization, what would be the, some of the first steps that you would recommend somebody incorporating humility and vulnerability into their the leadership equation? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I think I, I think about one of my clients I was coaching this morning where we're working with with, with them on very similar things you, you shared. And so one of the questions we came up together was to, to your team, say, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, tell me the last time you've asked for help and the benefit you received. And then transversely, tell me the last time you didn't ask for help and the negative outcome you achieved. So we want them, I want people thinking worst case scenario and best case scenario and, and make them realizing that to get vulnerable means we have to say either three words, I don't know, or I need help, right? If we can get create measurable situations or measurable conversations where my team is encouraged to not you know, pretend that I have this perfect pipeline, or I'm more encouraged to say, hey, Chris, man, if I was your, you're my boss, I'd be like, man, I'm, I'm, I have six deals in the pipeline. I'm unsure of 40% of them. Can we sit down, Mr. and Mrs. Leader, and help me just walk through some gaps, some questions I'm not asking. I want to be inspired to like figure this thing out. So now that what I just described is probably uncommon because most sales leaders just want to make the salesperson feel like they're 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 got they're losing their confidence. They're they're so smart. Why are we not going to close these deals? We're behind on quota. In the end, it doesn't help anybody, right? And so if we can focus on getting what we want, which is a good outcome for our teams versus being right, uh, watch what happens to our organizations, right? So I think. That question alone. The other thing is just trying to figure out pr- practicing areas of like listening exercises. The more we become better listeners, the more mm. we learn about it, it instills humility because I think it makes it less about us, people who just want to keep talking about what they want. But if we can focus on listening, we become more, I think, humble to be less, less about us, more about someone else. Yeah. No, I think listening is, I mean, you know, we've been given two ears and one mouth and we have to listen more, active listening. A lot of people listen to respond, but we don't listen to relate and understand. Can can you provide some more, uh, you know, perspective on that, Casey, in terms yeah. of why that's so important, especially even in a sales organization? I would think that would even be more important. Yeah, your quote you just said around listening is very similar to the one I, I created in 2020. I had this like epiphany when, so when I wrote my book uh, and I had the the phrase "win the relationship, not the deal." Like when that hit me, I was like, "That's it. That's the title." And so, like this next epiphany that we what you just said is. I said, if we, if we as leaders or sellers or people who are building relationships in life focus more on listen to learn versus listen to persuade, watch what happens, right? If we are trying to, that's why I think sales gets a bad rap because 
it, it is a bad rap when you're selling something. In my mind, it, it, in the best deals I've ever closed, the client sold themselves. All I did yes. was ask great questions. <laughs> exactly. That's all I did, right? I either helped them figure out, yeah, they got a really, really bad problem or they had a, eh, you don't have the bigger problem. You don't need me. This, you'd be a waste of your money. Don't do it, right? And so I think if we can, you know, when a, when a, when a person comes back from meeting and the leader goes, tell me about your meeting. And they said, oh, boss, I killed it. I told them everything about our company. I told them about the products, the services. I gave them 16 uh, pieces of literature. I gave them my email address, gave them my cell phone number, the fax line, our address. Killed it. Well, what'd you learn about them? Well, what do you mean? I didn't learn anything. <laughs> right? And so the, the joke is like, i joking, obviously, but like encourage your team. Like the first thing you want to hear, hear about it, tell me two things you learned about their business and why it's important to them. Right, just little things like that can be small takeaways where you will be uncommon because most people, no matter what industry you in are in, they're so focused on saying the right thing, get my script down, get this down, versus just go 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 be curious, go be curious. And to me, when you can play the new guy, play the new guy as long as you can. I believe it's like, hey, great question, Mister Mister Client. I'm not sure. I'm fairly new to the organization, but um, take that in that note. I'll be back in touch with the, this afternoon. I think when you say, I don't know, you give yourself a chance to prove that you will follow up and you listen, you heard them versus being this again, back to get this humility thing or vulnerability. No one's perfect seller. You don't need to be perfect. Just like leadership, there's we don't have to be perfect. I know this sounds si- simple and I'm trying to simplify it because I think really it, it is when we really focus on it. But when you do these types of things, I've seen miraculous in- changes to environments. I've seen miraculous changes to leaders. Like One leader alone hired me to coach them just on these two words we're talking about today. Dr- dramatic impact of the team. All I'm doing is asking questions. He's doing all the work. Yeah. No, I love that. And it's so, so important. I mean, you know, I love that concept. You know, you know, that what are you learning versus persuading? We're not, you know, when we learn, we ask questions, we empower people to draw their own conclusion where, you know, the, the, you're influencing, but not in a way like we would think people think influence is persuading someone to see your point of view. No, it's, it's for them to arrive at something that maybe perhaps they, had some idea, but weren't too sure, and how you led them down to answer their own question and to decide if working with you and your products and services will help them to, to get you know further to where they desire to, to, to go. So, and would you, it would be safe to say that when, when you do that, you're more likely to keep, you're likely to keep a long-term customer because it's that is built on a relationship rather than a transaction. And, and people are more likely to stay the course or when it does run its course, they're going to refer you, you know, and which is also a mark of good leadership, good sales leadership as well. Yeah, I think if um, you're making me think of a how you just said that, Chris, you're making me think of a situation where I re- actually wrote about this in my book, the thing about vulnerability. I, I wrote about being being a part of one of the largest deals in our my previous company's history to one of the largest flunks in my company history. I probably got too much credit when it went well and got too much blame when it didn't go well. But the best thing that came out of that was my client said, Case, the day you won it, the day you lost it, you're the same dude. Thank you. Couldn't tell. Right. And for me, it's, it's it goes back to this mindset of like, which I didn't, we didn't talk about it in our, in the intros. I talk about um, staying neutral in thought. And so I do consulting work. I'm a coach for this company called Limitless Minds, which is run by Russell Wilson and his brother, Harry Wilson, their friend, DJ Eitzen. And we, unfortunately, we just lost one of our partners, Trevor Moat. He passed away. It was, mm. So it's sort of a sad thing. Yeah, you, thank you. But in neutral thinking, we, we teach to stay neutral in thought. Meaning, you know, and so like when I went through that example at, at, um, with the customer, if I let the negativity of what's going on and show who oh, all of a sudden this negative character comes out. But if I can just realize, Hey, there's going to be good stuff and bad stuff, but I'm going to try to just stay 
kind of flatline a little bit, not get too high, not get too low. I think that's why it worked for me as a quarterback. I, and if I, if I complete a big third down, I'm not going to start doing, you know, hand backhand springs and flips <laughs> and then get a excessive celebration penalty. Right. You got to like kind of hang in there with, there's going to be good days and bad. There have that. I always call that 1440 mindset number of minutes in a day that when just as good as it is, or as bad as it is, it's going to reset itself. And I have a chance to do something better tomorrow. Some people might call that naive. I'd rather be a naive optimist than a negative realist. But uh, I don't know. I think I think a, a lot of these things we're talking about, they take work. They take self-awareness. And if you really want to get better at these types of things, either you know, find a coach you can work with or find an internal, someone you trust internally or, or someone you want to build a better relationship with and say, hey, these are two areas of my game that I, I want to get better at. I'm, I'm going to commit to it. So you have my blessing, Mr. and Mrs. Teammate or colleague or leader. When you see that I'm not my best version of myself or on these, hum, if I'm not being humble enough or I'm not being vulnerable enough to be more curious, call me out, right? And I think when you do, even you do those types, that, that alone takes humility and vulnerability, it's saying you want to get coached by your friend or f- colleague. And then when you do it, watch what, how this impacts cultures. People start realizing, well, man, if he's doing that, it's, he can mess up and ask for help. Why can't I? So I, don't know, yeah. I love this stuff. It gets, it gets me fired up. No, I love that. I mean, that's awesome what you just shared. What would be some other things that, you know, people that are listening here that you would like to share that can really be the difference of shifting towards, you know, again, a leadership style that that embraces change? Because if, if we're going to be vulnerable and have humility, we have to be open to change. We can only control what we can. We have to let go of what we can. There are many things that we can't control that we often do try to control. And we wonder why we're frustrated, we get stuck and why people play it safe. What would be some other comments you'd like to throw, you know, share with the audience here in the remaining few minutes that we have? Yep. So if, if anybody does not know, I'm going to paraphrase here, the, the Socratic method of leadership, uh, too often, learn it, research it, Google it, bang it, whatever search engine you use. Um, leaders, if, if those are leaders who are listening, if you are the one who are always um, smartest in the room, you are the one that's always telling, telling, telling what they need to do. Um, I would think a lot of the stuff might not be resonating with you, right? Uh, so my challenge to you is instead of being the one to go first and tell them the answer when your employees or your leaders ask a question, say, tell me what you think. Why well, don't I don't have, I'm coming to you, Mr. I'm coming to you, Casey, and you help. I, I know that, but I, I, I believe in you. I, we hired you for a reason. I want to hear what you think. Try. What's the worst thing? And I, you, you got to at least take a guess besides, I don't know. Give me something, right? Encourage them to, don't be fearful of asking or trying, right? I think if once we as leaders uh, do those types of things, which takes a little bit of um, mindset shift, your critical thinking skills or your employees will improve. Your ability to be quote unquote audible ready will improve. They will be able to think more on their feet, which takes less stress, takes, I mean, a stress way yeah. to use the leader, right? And allows you to focus on, you know, helping them get better. Because if we're the smartest in the room, not, not a team I want to be a part of. Absolutely. That's uh, definitely a, a great, great perspective on on really adapting to change and knowing that we have to change if we're going to allow the change that's happening beyond our control to learn and grow from it. Well, we've come towards the you know the end of our show, Casey. I would love if you could share with with the listeners and those listening later. You know what are you what are you up to? Where can they get in contact with you and get more information to reach out? When it comes to you know anything revolving around sales, leadership, and coaching in those particular areas, yeah, you bet. Thanks for asking. So, I'm, best way to reach me is just on LinkedIn. 
Um, or you can visit my website, which is kcjcox.com. Um, as you mentioned in the intro, I have a weekly podcast episode. Chris, thanks for being a great guest. I mean, think about vulnerability. You were, you were awesome. I still remember our conversation <laughs> talking about kids and sports with you're right at the height of COVID. So like my, my, uh, we're back playing now, which is great having kids being back again. Um, so they want to check out the podcast is called the quarterback dad cast. It's, it's live on all players every Thursday morning. It comes out. Um, and if, and if people are interested in learning more about you know, engaging, if they're looking for a coach, um, I always say I'm not per- best for everybody, but, um, the things I coach on are, are, are humility, vulnerability, uh, curiosity, and then also messaging really bring those four key things home for most companies when they work with me. Well, one thing we I love about you, Casey, is that you're a man of, that operates from his core values. You bring a lot of the experience of being a quarterback, you know, you know, on the field and how you've taken those leadership skills to the business world. And, you know, you had great success in uh, in sales over the years and, and how you're now bringing this back and helping others to do the same. And we can't thank you enough for being here, taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. We want to thank you listeners each and every week joining us here on Business Influencers on Tal Radio. We encourage you to check uh, more about Tal Radio and all the different shows that they have. Uh, Business Influencers airs every Friday. We are on YouTube, uh, Spotify, and of course on the uh, talradio.org website. Feel free to check us out there. And again, thank you everybody for being here. And we'll be back next week with another great guest. But we encourage you again to check out Casey and all that he's doing and to see where he can maybe help you where you are to move forward. Till then, have a great day, everyone.